dude. Tim Hardaway Jr. Keep getting him checks. <laughs> like three words for you, Tim Hardaway Jr. THJ. He's gonna be known by those three letters. I mean, you make that much money, you got a nickname like that, right? Yeah, bless his agent. Uh, he hired a good one because that's just a travesty. Um, here's the thing: Tim Hardaway is actually a pretty good player, um, and I think yeah. he's got a lot of potential. But I mean, come on, man, seventy-one million. Let's be honest, dude. Like, and you had the guy like two years ago. He was like on a rookie deal. You could have yeah. had him for restricted free agency or extended him. Or <laughs> what was in the trade when they sent him to Atlanta? Do you remember which one was that? Oh, what was that? It was like some garbage. Uh, hold on, I, I got yeah, it right wasn't. here. I mean, it was like it was like it wasn't some, anything significant, like was it? Thing. Was it like the was it when was Chris Humphreys in that trade? That may have been the one because no, I think he was with Brooklyn. Um, it was a uh, hold on. I'm trying me. to think of like obscure players that he could have. Trying to here it is right here. We oh, should no. know this. Oh well, Knicks trade Tim Hardaway Jr. for number nineteen pick. And they okay. take Jerry and Grant. <laughs> oh, no. The, the fourth just, point guard on just, the Chicago Bulls. Should have just kept Tim Hardaway Jr. for <laughs> rookie deal. Like, at first I thought this said the number 19 pick and Jerry and Grant, but then I realized that that was the draft. Like, <laughs> if you get the number 19 pick and Jerry and Grant, like, that's not bad at the time for Hardaway. But like, Yeah, because he hadn't done anything crazy at the time. I mean, he didn't really have a lot of minutes. Yeah. And then he kind of I mean, broke out like with a decent, He's kind of like a... Can you say poor man's Deion Waiter? Deion Waiters? Can you say I mean, that? the thing I was thinking of <laughs> is he didn't really do anything. He went to a new team and he balled out, a.k.a. Ben McLemore. I was <laughs> <laughs> still like future Ben McLemore. Uh, God, man, I hope that God, I hope that works out. He was I'm, at the, I'm all in, dude. Team. I'm all in. I'm, I'm definitely all in. Like, uh, it, it's too good to be – like I think that situation out there with uh, – with Sacramento. Look how like, much it's changed since Boogie left. Dude, like, well, I think it was good. Like, I don't, good for I'm both not parties. People, I'm not saying it was just right. Boogie's fault. No. no, 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 you're not. Like, that was, a lot of people do like to blame it on Boogie, and I'm one of the people that kind of, uh, scape, like, he's, he was the scapegoat. He was, like, a disgruntled guy. Yeah, of course. But he wasn't the, the person that people painted him to be out there. Like, the dude was a, an amazing, like, community guy. And, yeah, like, he just had a temper in the game. Him, like, wanted to stay there. Just like the way you built the team around him, and I heard—I uh, can't remember his name—but talked on the Vernon Pod. He was a Sacramento writer. Yeah. Um, the Vernon Podcast the other day was saying that he's like go around and look at it and see that you know the Kings have they. I wouldn't even say that the Kings have drafted bad over the past five six years. Like they've drafted good players that have you know done things. Isn't they're not as bad of a drafting team as somebody like you know the Knicks or somebody like that, but. You, you go look, like, they've always surrounded young guys with more young guys. They really haven't ever brought in, like, some kind of a veteran leader, which they did with, you know. Three of them now. Zeeb- yeah, and George Hill can, yeah, if he stays on the court, I think he can. Those are some, So I think it's interesting to to see how those young guys react with Derek. I mean, I was looking at their summer league team the other day, and it was pretty much like, I was like, this could be their starting lineup if you didn't Absolutely. get Zebo. If you didn't get Zebo or George Hill, I guess, too. But if you didn't yeah. get Zebo and George Hill, like their starting lineup was playing in summer league the other night, and by the way, they were like zero and three. So right. <laughs> that's not if you're well, if you're 
starting lineup is 0-3 in Summer League, like, that's not good. So that brings me to something that we have discussed at length at work, and this came up before this season, um, this yeah. past season, when you get a lot of really good young talent. That does not automatically make you better than, than other teams that maybe doesn't have quite that talent ceiling as you. But there is... A, certainly a long learning curve. You don't you don't just get into the play. You don't just win 45 games with a lot of talent. Um, you know, this this team, this this past year was the Minnesota Timberwolves. That was the hot team that everyone thought, oh, man, they're going to be so much better. They're going to make the playoffs. And they were terrible. So um, and then, obviously, you know, this is a, something else with the Kings. I mean, it, the Kings aren't being talked up as quite as much as Minnesota was last year. But it, it takes time. For people to get together and learn uh, but but it is nice to see things to be on the up and up for Sacramento as far as you know maybe a talent mix a talent standpoint I, I, I think I think we both really like Fox um, really like Scal I mean they've got some some good players Buddy Heald has showed some promise so yeah he went free he went off the other night just yeah at the end of the game it was epic the Lakers yeah the end of that game with the Lakers no I mean the the whole youth thing it's what's attractive to everybody you know you, you see teams like uh you know philly who went through the process which is different than what you know you can't like what sacramento and other teams like that do like that's different than what they, they didn't fully commit to it and you, you it is good to go younger and to side with younger players but if you're if you acquire these picks and acquire these young contracts and these young potential high potential high ceiling players but you rush it with them, like you were saying. You don't give them time. Then you end up trading one, or you end up getting somebody like Ben McLemore and lost in the fold and never really having a coach or anybody that believed in him and to develop his game. And you, you basically become a revolving door, and you become a team like the Timberwolves or the Kings who haven't been in the playoffs in 10-plus years. So you, there's no really future there. Like That's why some teams it's, you know, like the the Philly or kind of what Brooklyn's doing now is embracing the suck in different ways, but they're not like Brooklyn. If they require if they acquire a uh, veteran, it's to salary dump. It's to get something in return. They're not doing what like the Kings or you know maybe the Pistons or somebody have done in the past or the Bulls in requir- acquiring a veteran that they're putting like oh we're gonna make the playoffs with this guy let's give him seventy million dollars. Like it's not like, it's not that. It's not like them, the Knicks giving Joe Kim Noah seventy five or seventy million right. over four years, which is like I saw somebody say that that's going to be the worst free agency contract that's given out for the next three years. Like it can be, still hold the crown every year, even though it's not a new deal. But I think it's I think it's interesting. I, I mean, I kind of hate that Tim Hardaway gets painted now as like a huge overpay because he's good, he's a good player. And yeah, Atlanta was probably player. like we're not even going to think twice about matching this. Right. Yeah, I mean that's really unfortunate for him because he is one of the good young talents in the league, and no one, no one is saying he's a future A-lister or even a future All-Star because he's probably not. But how valuable are those mid-level guys? I mean, when you reach a championship, I mean you, I mean obviously, as you can't really compare the Warriors, obviously, because that's just something different. But um, you have to have those guys that are really good volume scorers off the bench that can hit big shots for you. And he did that. And now, like you said, he's getting paid almost superstar money. And so he's going to get the unfair label and, you know, it's going to go down really unfortunate. And and not to mention he's in Brooklyn where things are just kind of a dumpster fire, but 
Um, yeah. Well, at least they don't have Phil, Phil Jackson running the team anymore, so maybe that's a bad thing. I don't know. But, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens with him. Uh, something, uh, same conference, same division, actually. Yeah. Uh, what you thought about the Avery Bradley trade, um, you know, that kind of came out of the July 4th weekend with Gordon Hayward signing uh, signing with Boston. They had to sh- – they, they were – People, some people criticize him for not shedding the contract before he got there because then you have less leverage. Because even if – I don't know. I can kind of see it both ways. Like, if you shed the contract before, I think you get more trade value for certain players because, like, oh, we don't know that we're getting get Hayward yet. You know, this is still one of our starting players that's going to be playing big minutes for us. Then you wait till after the trade, and it's like, oh, well, you have to get rid of this these contracts. So, you know, we're going to give you a second-round pick and the worst Morris twin. So – right. <laughs> Like, I mean, I think that I think that was a little bit of a. What do you think they should have traded someone before the trade? Before I think so. The, I think there was multiple. Risky. Like, it's risky. Huh? It's just risky, though. I, I, we both thought Hayward was staying. Well, I think. I mean, yeah, we did. I just think. Granted, they've got plenty of assets. It wouldn't really mattered. I mean, there was ways to do it without. I wasn't. I'm not saying trade Avery Bradley before you signed Gordon Hayward. I'm saying there was ways that they could shed small players on their on their uh, on their books, like Demetrius Jackson and Mickey and players like. Oh Mickey yeah, 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 yeah for sure. There was like there was multiple writers that laid out the process of how you clear enough space because they knew the whole time this is how many millions of dollars you're gonna have to have to sign Gordon. Right, Hayward. right. So, in my opinion, it's like if you can shed those contracts. Of Let's the do it. small bench players, then do it. That, that may even be a reason why they traded down to number three because they saved like a million dollars on that. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, if that's the case, then I think you're. <laughs> anyway, that's another conversation. That's not a good decision. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, I just didn't. Maybe they just didn't play it right. Maybe they maybe they did play it right and they just didn't find the right offer for Avery. I, if in my opinion, if that's the offer you have for Avery Bradley, you don't trade him. Right. I think you look at other options. I think you try to move Marcus Smart or Terry. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't. I like Avery. I know he's coming up on a big free agency payday, poss- possibly next year. We don't know. There's already going to be a, you know some players available next year uh, at the two guards. So you don't know if he's if he's going to get a huge offer like people thought. But I just feel like you're a better team in the short term with him. Not that you're going to beat Cleveland or the the Warriors maybe with him in the starting lineup. But I just feel like you kind of just panicked. I don't know. Maybe it was not a panic move, but I feel like the move was just like rushed. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm off. Yeah, I mean, how many times now have we texted or direct tweeted Boston waiting to pull the trigger again? Yeah. I mean, what over under twelve? <laughs> Since since the Paul George rumblings, I mean, time and time again, they've they've nitpicked, they've nitpicked, they've nitpicked, and you and I are both definitely in agreement that that is not enough value for Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley is a two way player. He's very good defensively. I mean, was he second team All NBA this year? Well, he should have been. He missed some games, but he probably should have been first team. So he would have been first team All NBA. That has has some scoring as well. Well, he's the a good shooter. He, I think he's above average yeah, shooter, which is yeah, all that matters so, when you play that level of defense. So they got uh, the worst. You said it was the worst of the two twins. Um, 
And Mark Mark Keefe's the better. Mark Keefe's the better. And a second rounder. So second. They gave a second rounder. Never mind. They only got Marcus back. They gave up a second rounder. Lord. Oh my God. It just keeps getting worse. (laughs) And that's just like you said. Who was it? Woj that tweeted the Clippers and someone else were in talks up to the very latest. Couldn't. Surely there was a better offer out there than just one of the Morris twins. For arguably your third. Best, uh, who's their third best player last year behind, behind Isaiah and Al? Am I glaringly missing someone? I, no, I would I would say it was – I mean, I would say Avery Bradley had a better year than Jay Crowder did. I mean, hey, that's yeah, the only two absolutely. that I would throw out there. Yeah. So you gave, he was, you gave he your both third best player away so for Morris, and a, and you also paid a second rounder. I mean, that's unfathomable right. to me. Right, and, and also you get a guy in Marcus Morris who uh, I saw a bunch of stats guys throw out the – he guarded LeBron very well for Detroit thing last year. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, he's not going to guard LeBron well in the playoffs. It's, like, not going to happen. Yeah, so, no one does like, that. What do you, and you also have, I mean, right now you have Jordan, uh, Gordon Hayward. You still have Jay Crowder. You have Jalen Brown, who showed potential last year that you don't want to stow away on the bench for a whole season. You have Jason Tatum, who you went with instead of a point guard to possibly have insurance against Isaiah. You went with another small forward, and then you got uh, Marcus Morris. I know you can interchange these guys at the four, but there's going to be a certain time where you're not going to be playing small ball fours the entire game. Like you're just, it's just it's going to end up biting you if you do it the whole time. So to me, you just have a log there, and there's going to be some player that's like, and this is the thing. I think Brad Stevens is going to play Marcus Morris, and I think there's going to be somebody that's better than him that's not getting the minutes. Yeah, I mean. We see that a lot, though, with these these progression stoppers. Like Tom Thibodeau is probably going to play Taj Gibson hell of minutes next year, and it's just like, why? <laughs> yeah, I'd much rather see, you know, he's not super, but Gorgie Dang getting the minutes over Taj Gibson. But, yeah, I mean, um, you can say the same thing about Zebo and Vince in Sacramento, but we've kind of already hit on that. I mean, that, that's more of a veteran presence kind of thing. But, um I looked it up. Avery Bradley shot 39% from three last year on five attempts a game, which is very good, especially for an elite or level defensive player. Um, Yeah, it just, to me, I mean, that's the thing. You you said it earlier. You said that I, especially me, we criticize Boston for waiting so late and not doing anything with their assets. Well, they did kind of, it seems like they rushed it. And and maybe, maybe you can't have the best of both worlds. Maybe it's like, well, if we waited too long, we wouldn't have got anything, so we had to move. Um, so they basically they were betting on we got three years of Jay Crowder at a shorter on a shorter contract that we can uh, find a way to play him in our starting lineup or on the bench or trade him as well. So in the end, it's not. I hate the decision just because I think Avery Bradley makes him a better team tomorrow. But I mean, you, there's there's discussions, there's there's conversations where you can say, well, it's just they weren't playing playing it for this year. Uh, I just don't really – I hate to see him go to – because I kind of like – I like Avery Bradley. And I don't. I hate to see him go to Detroit, man. It's just such a – I sent you the link to their basketball reference yesterday just to have It's a terrible. Laugh. It's so bad, and they're probably going to pay him next year. And, I mean, maybe. It's just it's, – I hate that team so much. Like, I can't honestly remember watching them except when they played Memphis last year. Like, I don't think not, I watched like, a single Detroit if, game. If they were the only game on, like, I wouldn't have watched like, – they're, no, they're you don't want to Reggie Jackson. No, I hate Reggie Jackson. <laughs> like people are like, oh well, you know, he had a good last season in uh, 
in uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. City. Yeah, he had like a good like four games. That was it. Even Memphis fans were saying, "Well, like, don't you remember when he lit us up in the playoffs?" And that was the reason. Like, dude, you just gave Reggie Jackson like fifteen Six. mil a year. Yeah, it was like sixty like, million dollars or sixteen for, mil. Like, you, for a game you in the playoffs. You lost that trade. Well, so what's up with what's up with this rumor about Etwan Moore and Alexis Agenza from the Pelicans for Reggie Jackson? I don't understand how that makes sense for New Orleans. <laughs> well, you have to look. They at the just two paid teams. Drew Holiday a billion dollars. <laughs> they really did pay him a billion. Uh, I, I think you have to like. I think you have to look at the two teams. I think you have to look at Detroit and New Orleans and see how management and coaching oh, are not going anywhere. That that's a terrible trade. Like, first off, Alexia Jensa probably top five or ten worst contracts in the NBA <laughs> because he's the third string center on your team and he's making like more money than Avery Bradley right now. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, and I, Reggie Jackson like if, if you're New Orleans, like okay, you're putting Reggie Jackson with Drew Holiday? They're both the same size. I mean, Drew Holiday's better than Reggie Jackson, like without a yeah. doubt. Like he's had some injuries, but he's better than Reggie Jackson. No one's arguing that. Better defensively, I mean, the way he plays offensively is better than Reggie's game. Like Reggie needs the ball all the yeah, time. Yeah, Reggie's much more of a scoring which so, point guard, which you absolutely don't need with Boogie and AD. If that trade happens, and I kind of hope that it actually does, because I think it's going to push Boogie or uh, Anthony out of or Anthony Davis. Boogie's out of definitely gone. New Orleans. Right, so I think that would actually be better for those players individually and probably in the long term for the franchise. Like, just go ahead and let it happen. Make the bad trade. Both teams are going to be worse. Like, if you can both teams worse after a trade, I think that's how that happens. <laughs> like, can that can that happen? Like, who was who was rumored to go back to Detroit in that? Jinsa and who? Each one more. Each one more. I don't know. That's so bad. Yeah, I just. No, that uh, I can't. We're at a loss for words because, again, just go to Basketball Reference. Check out check out the Pelicans. Check out the Pistons' salaries. And it's it's a travesty. It was really a travesty. Well, I mean, some some people are always, you know, obviously we hear a lot of Memphis talk about you know the where we've got money tied up and like, we've got it real good compared to, to compared to some of these teams out there. Like people like to criticize the Chandler contract, and rightfully so. Like some people like us, we. You know we we believe in it, we are, we're believers, but it does look bad from the outside, especially from a non local, a non local viewer. Like that looks like a bad contract, and that's fine. It looks like this contract for Solomon Hill, for guys like that. Like last year, it was, it was a lot of bad contracts were handed out, but we also have been to the playoffs seven straight seven. years. Their longest streak the playoffs, in the NBA. The big contract that we handed out played like 20 games for us and had no impact on the season whatsoever. And we he still made, made us the work playoffs. He was on the floor. Yeah, right. I hate to say it, but he did. Except for like and three we games. We still made the playoffs and took the number two seed to six games. Like, you can't, can't – like, New Orleans and Detroit are perennially just badly managed. And I like Stan Van Gundy. I mean, he's a, he's a good personality, but the coach GM slash president role is Yeah, just, unless your name is Greg arcane. Popovich, it doesn't work. Right, and even Popovich, I don't think, does. He may have the title, but he doesn't run that stuff there. And right, he doesn't. RC Buford. He, he has a lot of he has a lot of input, but he he's smart enough to know. That's why he's such a good coach. He's smart enough to know that he needs to be out of that. But I pulled up the Pelicans roster here, 
and they still Solomon have, Hill, Etwan Moore. I mean, they just traded Tim Frazier. Um, Omar Asik still has yeah. three years left. Yep. Yeah, how are those knees doing? Worse than Chandler's. Um, has he played in the last two years? I remember him playing right when he got there. Uh, other than that, that's uh, a five-year deal. Of course, you can early. It has an early termination in year five. Yeah, it's probably not guaranteed, but. But I mean, the they'll probably pick up that. Why not? You know, like <laughs> a max amount. Yeah. Um, but that's one of those wh- trades. Like we were kind of talking about. That's. It's it's one of those where like those two teams. Why are you looking at a trade like that? If you're if you're offloading Reggie Jackson for a first round pick, and a young player, or even a first round pick, like okay, I can understand it. Why are you unloading Reggie Jackson for two players worse than Reggie Jackson, and that's it? Like, I don't I don't like Reggie Jackson at all, but those players are not as good as him. Right. Neither of them are. Not even if you combined them and made them a transformer or whatever. Like they're not better than Reggie Jackson. So what is the trade? What are you doing if you're I mean, I guess I could see it even more for the Pelican side, but it's still right. a bad trade. But I guess you're, I don't know. I don't know. But I, like you we, said, we're it, not it goes back to just looking, at the, just looking at the organizations. Yeah, we don't need to spend any more time on this. What do you think about KCP going to L.A. for one year? It's like a one uh, year I mean, team. I don't mind it because it's one year. I mean, I get that L.A.'s got plenty of cap space. Um, He's a clutch client, Rich Paul. Yeah, he is. Uh, that's a good point. I didn't remember that at this current moment, but I, I heard slash read that the other day. Um, I don't mind it. I mean, L.A., their main goal is just to have their cap open for next year. I mean, this, this year is, is just, let's just continue to develop these young guys. Uh, I really look forward to seeing Brandon Ingram play in this year. Um, yeah. I hope he continues to progress. He's an exciting prospect. Um, and then, yeah. lines of ball, let's see what happens. But Yeah, I think it's, it's all about development for them this year, and they've got to have cap room next year because they're going to try to obviously get plenty of talent next year. Yeah, and they've at I least got to have uh, the books open. Whether they get it or not, it's a different story, but you feel like Magic can be a good recruiter. Yeah, KCP, too. I mean, now that he's there for one year, you can re sign him next year, I believe. I think they keep his bird rights. I have to look that up. But you I thought he was unrestricted. Him. He is unrestricted, but oh, like, you're saying bird rush? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you can. I think you can uh, keep him and go over your cap space. Right, like, right. That's what. Yeah, and I don't know. I have to check that. They like, don't quote me on that, but I think you may be able to do that, and which could. I mean, the cap hold thing comes into play too. But I think it could be interesting because they're trying to make a play for LeBron James, which is a hot topic. Uh, and I think Paul it would be George. Interesting. And Paul George, so you're going to have to have outright cap space for those guys, and probably going to have a sign and trade. And Russell Westbrook, I could really see LeBron have it doing a sign and trade with Cleveland. Like I really think that's, like he, I think he's disgruntled there. I don't think he's going to stay. I think the I would have a year ago if you asked me, I would have said he's never leaving Cleveland. Again. I still don't think he's leaving. Like, Let's see how the season uh, yeah. goes. And that's how, yeah, that's how it was. I just think now with like everything that's happened, I think he's going to go, and especially if they lose again. But you, I could see him like he's not going to completely give Cleveland the middle finger on the way out. He's going to probably do a sign and trade, kind of like Chris Paul did. He's going to be like, "I want to go to Houston, work something out, so you get something for me," which right. is a cool. It's a, it's a cool move. It's kind of one of those like uh, kind of loopholes in the NBA. Like it's not like it's against the rules or anything, but it's kind of weird that somebody is making a trade and they're like the player is basically controlling it all, and some team has to, like Houston has to lose something for that when they could have just signed him out right like it, it's kind of a weird like loophole slash you know 
turn a blind eye to it. But I think the the Lakers will probably end up having to give something. They'll probably end up having to send like Brandon Ingram for him or something. Like yeah, I could see that happening. Like if they can get LeBron, I bet they'll send whatever it takes. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, what do you think about? Uh, you think uh, Paul George can talk Russell Westbrook into going to LA? Absolutely. Um, I mean, the longer <sighs> Russell already saw what Katie did. And I know at the time, you know, he's like, okay, see, okay, see this and that with the loyalty, and I'm completely fine with that. But, I mean, Russell's in – he's L.A. anyway. I mean, UCLA, West Coast, I think he can definitely talk him into it. Now, what L.A. does is a different ballgame. Um, you know, I mean, if Lonzo is super-duper this year, are they going to want to bring – do you think they bring Russ if they can? I mean, do you think they would be willing to do that? I think I mean, he's uh, a top five player, top eight player in the league. So I mean, maybe you just have to, and as Bill always says, figure it out later. Um, you go for Russ if LeBron says no. You go for Russ if LeBron says no. You don't get LeBron, Russ, and Paul George. Uh, well, I actually saw where Paul George, you know, he had a warm welcome into OKC. Yeah, and it was a really cool video. I checked that out. Made people think, oh, maybe he's open to staying. I think that's just oh kind of saving face for one year. <laughs> They were like, well, you never know if we compete. And, I mean, if you win a championship, that's a whole other story. But they're not winning a championship. So, no. I think you could talk Russ into it. It all – I mean, Russ might take an extension tomorrow, and it's like, okay, well, that's not that's not happening. Wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but if he doesn't – if he doesn't take the extension and he goes into free agency, that's really shout interesting. Out. Shout out John Wall. So, shout out John Wall. He's gone. In my, I think he's gone. That's, I, uh, well, was it Was it Bill that said – or who was it that said uh, John Wall and Boogie to Atlanta? Coach Cal coaches – like the, the UK destination. <laughs> yeah. Also, they said uh, uh, Bill's dream scenario was John Wall, Boogie Cousins, LeBron, and I think Paul George on the Lakers. Is that even possible? <laughs> I mean, if you want something to happen, you can make it happen. But you'd have, I mean, it'd be like the Heat. Again, Dude, your backup you point guard would be Ray McCallum, and your backup two guard would be Jordan Farmer. Yeah, it'd be like yeah, oh, like it'd those be like were the, our starters in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you saw like what Miami's reserves and stuff they had when yeah, forty-year-old uh, James had Jones. Three. It was nobody. It was terrible. Yeah, their, their starting center was like Joel Anthony. Oh, this guy's awful. Still in the league though. But that was also like that's one of the things too where you've seen these big teams go for these like well LeBron has been notorious for getting the the veteran the veteran to take less money to sign like a Richard right. Jefferson or somebody like James, you know Mike Jenny Miller Fry. or whatever. Channing Fry, I think you've seen now where that's it's it's come and gone. I don't think right. you can. I mean, people were clamoring for, oh, go uh, Golden State, go after go after Vince Carter, get him that's, a championship. That's you what I was about help. to bring up. Right, but if you're Golden State, does Vince Carter help you more than Nick Young? No, no, no. Nick Young's probably got a higher ceiling for that team than Vince Carter does. Same money, relatively. I mean, much better shoot. I mean, in a, he can get in a microwave and go off on an off night when, like, Steph's hurt or resting or whatever. Like, he's fun for the crowd. Vince Carter's going to be – he may – it'd be nice to get him a championship, but he's not He's not helping you more than a mediocre role player is. Right. So, it, I don't know. You see, I think it's – these these veterans are not going to be able to – you know, they're not going to – not really a market for him doing that. I mean, that's why, that's why Vince took the money and went to Sacramento. Yeah. I don't blame Vince. No, not at all. He looked like I mean, a coach out there at the summer league, league, dude. Yeah, I don't blame any. He'd probably be a better coach for the Kings <laughs> than Dave <Yeah>. Yeager. 
<laughs> also, we interrupt this podcast to bring you two SP awards. Best upset, Mississippi State women's basketball team over UConn, and best breakthrough athlete, Dak Prescott. The biggest shout-out, hometown. Anyways, rolling on. Yeah, got to gotta throw those out there. Um, <laughs> but, no, I mean, I thought it was uh, – I don't know. I think it's. It, I think you're going to see some stars realign. Uh, it, you know, we'll see what the cap does. But it's going to be – for future for – future, uh, Future NBA seasons, I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see the stars. Because I don't think LeBron's a, 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 a shoe-in to stay in Cleveland now. And once if somebody like LeBron – well, I mean, you saw when the when the Heat shook it up last time, when he, when all those guys went there, it kind of shook the NBA and players start. you know, Brooklyn started grabbing players. Like, it, it was like everything. You know, it just kind of shut off a um, – I think it'll level out. I think so. the parity will eventually – I mean, they asked – I was watching – uh, Adam Silver's press conference today. The first question he got today at league meetings uh, was from Bobby Marks from ESPN about have you guys considered, you know, going one through sixteen in the playoffs with the with the parity and all that good stuff. But I think that I think that it'll eventually iron itself out. I mean, that would be fun to see and all, but um, just, yeah. it's just it, that money. You know, it just caused such a wrinkle in everything. And and it, 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 was, it was good. It was good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, that too. That well, that was the first thing he said is they'd have to have a balanced schedule. Um, but just this year, I mean, it, it, it sucks for teams like us and a lot of teams, but it was, it was kind of nice to see the, the salary, um, regress a little bit. You know, it, it was $2 million under the projection, which I think, I think is a good thing. The, 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 the more we can get front offices and GMs to have to think, uh, more creatively, you know, with more innovation in order to make things work. I, I'm all for that. You know, obviously I don't, I don't want the Grizzlies to be handcuffed, but you know, I want to, I want to promote innovation rather than just being able to outright pay people to come to your team in order to take over the world. The Yankees of old or the Red Sox of old where the sport with no salary cap and you can just pay for the biggest names on the free agency market because you have a rich owner and no one has a chance. It it was proven to, over the long haul, be a terrible decision. But, uh, you know, at the short term, it worked out for them. But you can't do that. That's That's the good thing about the salary cap. Um, is you can't uh, you can't make that work. Uh, so I wanted to throw I wanted to throw something out there, a theory. Like what would be fun if uh, can we take New Orleans? Can we take the Pelicans away from New Orleans and give it to Seattle, and then let Seattle play in the West, and then Memphis move to the East? Oh, do that. Oh, well, actually, no. I wouldn't be able to do New Orleans. Wouldn't be able to do that. You'd have to do an East team with it. Oh, you technically could. I mean, I mean, yes, you technically could. I mean, but I was trying to think of a team that you could swap for Missouri's, the East. Missouri's in the SEC East, but you know, <laughs> I know that's different. Is. I know that's different. Um, no, I mean, yeah, we'd be talking about Mike Conley, five-time All-Star. But yeah, dude, Mike, you know, he'd, be a, he'd be a starter in the East. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, he. I mean, well, okay, John Wall. Um, at first, I thought about Kyle Lowry. Then I was like, "No, nah. oh dang it, Kyle. Okay, whatever. He's an all star. Bottom line, yeah. he's a freaking all star. <laughs> he's definitely an all star in the East. He should have been an all star this year. If he didn't get hurt, I think he was a lock. Maybe even uh, okay. If if changing the playoffs to one through sixteen is right. too much, maybe making the all star game a complete pickup game. Well, maybe did you well, hear, like the NFL. Did you the hear? NFL. Well, that too. But did you hear Bryce Harper? You hear what Bryce Harper said about ways to innovate at the uh, MLB All-Star Game? No, I'm interested to hear though. Since it does not determine home field advantage anymore, which I just learned that, 
Um, I just found that out this second. Which, <laughs> wait, are you serious? No, I didn't know that I didn't stop. I, I thought they still did that crap. <laughs> yeah, worst decision I, ever. I, yeah. I actually, actually tuned in the game last night. They did an awesome job with just the in-game elements and making it exciting. They interviewed George Springer one inning and Bryce Harper one inning live as they were playing the field. Like they had an earpiece in with a mic in, and it's like, you know, you got like a side-by-side of the game, and then Harper, and he's like out there doing his prep step, you know, getting ready for the next pitch. And they're just talking about the game, and he uh, he actually asked Joe Buck about Dak, and um, it was it was so cool. But anyway, I don't want to. I'm not going to go down that. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it was Harper that said it would be cool to have like a fantasy draft. Um, yeah, which is kind of where you were going with that um, for MLB because there's no, it's not important anymore, and it's just like the NBA. I mean, the NBA is they try even less than MLB. Um, obviously, a little bit less chance of injury there, but. Yeah, I mean, how how fun would that be if there was if you just kind of made the divisions go away, and you just let people draft? Now, I don't know if you would take the same people that would have made it from the East and the West, which would still wouldn't really fix the Conley issue. But it's definitely a good thought. Yeah, I think I mean that's what the Pro Bowl does. I think it would just be more interactive. Like, if yeah. you have LeBron, if you have LeBron and KD like picking teams or something, it'd be that'd be kind of interesting. Or do like I mean, well, football incorporates. The classic guys like Jerry Rice and Deion Sanders were one year doing the two teams. And maybe you do, like, I mean, the NBA loves to bring in old stars and do things. I mean, maybe you have, like, a, you know, like a Shaq and somebody else. Shaq and, you know, Tracy McGrady or Shaq right. and maybe Kobe now. That that would be hilarious. Oh, you did Shaq wow. and Kobe as the two fantasy. Oh. And then they actually dressed out. Actually, I'm gonna have to cut that part out of the podcast, and uh, I'm gonna contact somebody and try to sell that idea. <laughs> as a matter of fact, <laughs> as a matter of fact, well, if, if if somebody important enough to do something about that listens to the podcast, I don't care if they steal. We've it. made it anyways, listen. yeah. We've made it anyway if they're still listening. But no, I mean that would be, dude. People would, I mean, people already tune into the NBA more than the other All Star games, probably. But if you you could make a show out of the draft, like. <laughs> That's the whole thing about what a lot of uh, leagues are doing, trying to do nowadays is like dominate. Like the NFL tries to dominate the offseason with the NFL draft being drawn out over like four days now. So is the NBA now with the free agency and everything and the, and the way that social media is so involved in that with everything being broken on social media and in Twitter and stuff. Like that, like they're grabbing, the, nothing's going on in the NBA. Like it's normally was like no news. Well, now they're grabbing that offseason when there's no games going on. Well, why don't you do that when the All Star break? Why don't you make the All Star break a little bit longer and have like a fantasy draft of players? You know, maybe you do it like one once after one of the uh, TNT games or something one night, yeah. like a couple weeks before the All Star game. I'm on board. You can still you can still do the fan uh, the fan engagement as well because you don't want to lose that aspect of it. But I think it'd be interesting. It'd be it'd be interesting. I think it'd be fun. So. Yeah. Did you want to talk about the Grizzlies before we end? Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll jump into kind of like a Grizzlies uh, only uh, section. Yeah, if people don't want to listen to this, then you can cut it Deuce. off. But most of our listeners are probably probably local. But yeah, deuces if you're not into the Grizzlies, and we'll talk to you later. Yeah, and um, uh, make yeah. sure to not report that idea J Mac had. So yeah, make sure to yeah keep that on the download, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's get a little little Memphis local. Uh, we'll try not to. We're gonna try not to get you fired. Um, you know, I'm not gonna. Please. I definitely won't CC Chris Wallace on any of these podcasts. Oh, okay, but <laughs> BCC. Um, but yeah, so we kind of touched on the Ben Macklemore signing. We'll just run down it. The major moves that happened with Memphis. You know, we'll start out. 
Zach Randolph left. Vince Carter left. They took more money that, than was going to be available to them to stay in Memphis. They took uh, you know twelve and eight respectively from the from the Kings. Uh, in turn, we decided two, to take two, two years from, from the Kings. Yeah, well, I'm talking about like one, in years term, like twelve. Yeah, like sure. Twenty million for one year, so twelve and eight for one year. Uh, and then we took we decided to take Ben McLemore and and uh, Tariq uh, Tariq Evans, who you know played in Memphis, obviously. I think it's honestly a trade. Like I hate to see Zebo go, just like every other Memphis fan yeah, does. Obviously. But I think it's a great trade off, honestly. If you could, if you would have, if we would have actually traded the Kings for those two players, if that was an actual trade that happened, I would have been okay with that trade. Like if it was like a, a trade at the very end of the season or something, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I well, we got younger, and we got younger, and both of those guys were unrestricted anyway. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I I'm all in on Macklemore. I am 100 percent in on you know, sort of the John Hollinger idea of a second draft. Um, we've seen it time and time again. We just mentioned it with Tim Hardaway. Probably He wasn't probably in that bad of a situation compared to the Sacramento. But, but he um, performed better as well. I yeah, better. yeah, but, I mean, I think that Macklemore's three-point percentage will go up. Um, you know, if he can get to about 39%, I mean, I think we'd be happy with that. Obviously, if he's in the 40s, that's just awesome because he's probably going to be taking five or six a game if he's going to be starting. Um, and then it kind of goes without being said, Tyreek Evans, if he's healthy, that secondary ball handler with the second unit, something we desperately need, um, you know, that still allows to continue to, to play Andrew and let him develop, um, which I'm, you know, we have our own thoughts on, you know, Andrew and Wade and things like that. But I, mean, I know they really like Andrew, and if they want to give him a chance to develop, then, you know, more power to him. But that would, that would definitely help him. Um, you know, take a little pressure off of him because Tyreek's going to be out there to kind of run the offense. He's not going to have that responsibility. But we, man, like you mentioned, with some of the shooters we have, especially if you, you roll out Troy Daniels with Tyreek, because we all know that he can get to the rim at will. Um, and if people are crashing, then hopefully we can get some open looks. This will be the best situation that Tyreek has been in his whole career. I mean, trading, he's been, I think he was with the Kings, Pelicans, then back with the Kings. Or something like that. Like that was kind of his career path so far. Well, he's right. played with both those teams. I know. I mean, you can't get two worse franchises over the last, you know, over his the course of his career than those two teams. Really, like you know, throw the Knicks in there maybe, but the Pistons contracts the Pistons, currently. Yeah, Pistons, yeah. At I, least I, they I, had the, yeah, I was just like them earlier, but um, I like the in the whole. I've I, you know I've preached on this pod several times that I'm a, a Wade over Harrison guy. <laughs> I mean, Wade's had a decent summer league and you know what people like to, he's a, he's a wrecking ball and he's super athletic, but he doesn't really have much polish. I think you can develop that. My problem was if you're giving Andrew Harrison minutes over Wade Baldwin, then I have a problem with it. If you're giving Tyreek ball handling minutes over Aaron, Andrew Harrison or over Wade Baldwin, I don't have a problem with that. Like All if you're right. giving, if, 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 if basically Tyreek Evans is cutting into Wade's minutes a little bit. I don't, that's not a big deal to me because I think it makes you a better team. And maybe you give Wade an extra year to kind of develop some more things. But I would rather – I don't want Andrew taking those minutes is, is my biggest thing. So I, I like the move with We with also Tyreek. We also signed Wayne, Wayne Seldon, to a guaranteed contract two-year deal. Which is looking like a, more, a better and better deal by the, by the, by the day. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's certainly been our best player in the summer league. I mean, shout out to those guys. Went 3-0 in the play-in bracket we only got the four seed i don't know if that comes down to point differential or whatever but either way 
We play the winner of Phoenix and Utah tomorrow night at 7 Central, so be on the lookout for that. But, yeah, Wade's definitely been our best player out there. He wasn't as great um, in the third game, but, I mean, games one and two, man, he was super. And uh, and a quick shout-out to Dylan Brooks for being awesome in game three. That guy, I mean, I don't know if there was a question about whether or not he was going to be on the roster for sure, if not like a two-way player. I think think he was probably going to be on there regardless, but if not – I think he, with the way he's, the the pieces that he's shown in his game, like you got to have that guy on your everyday roster. So to me, to me, he he now he doesn't have quite the upside, um, mm-hmm. but I mean to me he's Malcolm Brogdon. He's that style of we we've talked about this. I mean you and I both loved Brogdon last year. Um, I mean I tell I remind people about that in the office. Um, all the time, people are like, yeah, Brogdon this, Brogdon that. I'm like, yeah, me and my buddy, we were we were preaching for Brogdon, but um, I mean, th- that's just who you have to go after in the second round. I mean, I think this year's Brogdon, although he won't be a starter, I mean, watch for someone like Frank Mason. I think that he could he could be someone that caliber that was a terrific college player. I mean, that's the guy you want to take a risk on in the second round, mm-hmm. a la even a Chandler Parsons. I mean, you know, he's yeah, SEC Player of the Year. He he wasn't going to be a lottery pick, but someone took a chance on him, and he's had a really, really good career. No, granted, injuries have plagued him, but when he's been healthy, I mean, he's been awesome. Um, so I, I definitely I'm I'm loving Dylan Brooks, and I'm I'm on board with you. If if that if that guy's getting, you know, 12 minutes a game next year as like our fifth guard or whatever, I, I don't know what he is yet. I mean, right. is he he's a three? To, honestly, he's too small to play the three. To me, I don't know if he's fast enough to play the two. He's kind of a tweener. Yeah, like, I don't know. But again, I mean, no one's but no one's asking him to be a starter. Obviously, no, you know, no. he's going to be on the floor with a non-traditional lineup. Um, you know, I mean, with small ball craze, he can definitely come in there and play some small three. Um, yeah. Like you said, he's a tweener, which it's good. I don't like my starters to be tweeners. Um, it's almost like Simmons' theory about combo guards. He hates combo guards. I'm okay with a with a bench player that's a that's a tweener. You know, I'm I'm 100, especially one that's accomplished. They can hit a big shot and it has confidence. You know, and that's what that's exactly what Dylan Brooks. Right, is. it's like a, it's like the baseball player that plays like eight different positions, but he's not a, a starter. At it's, any Adam, it's Adam Frazier. He's been great for the Pirates. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Shout out to hometown uh, alumni. But yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he plays left for them, center for them, right for them, second for them. He's hitting. He's been in a slump lately. He's been hitting great, but it's someone you need on your roster. You need that utility guy. Right. And I, th- I like that we have that, and it's a young guy. It's a guy that we can probably have on a two plus one, or I think it's with the second round picks, it's like two guaranteed years and then one like option or whatever. So that's a good contract for me, like in my opinion. Like that's yeah, hundred percent. Like he's gonna be there. He's gonna he, he's already like twenty one or twenty two, so he's already a little bit older than some of the guys. I think he's gonna come in and play. I really like. Uh, I mean, obviously a lot of this hinges on Chandler's health. Uh, of course, and I, and I have our, our whole season kind of hinges on that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I think I mean I don't know if this is necessarily like a take that people don't necessarily have yet, but I think our roster is built better than it was last year. I know a lot of people are going to say, well, if you don't bring Tony and Zebo back, like we're not as good in the short term. I really don't see that. I mean, those guys, Zebo was a, was an amazing player for us last year. He was incredible. And Tony Tony is irreplaceable, but. I mean, I really do believe, even though the West is so much better, and I've told you this, even though the West is so much better, 
if uh, I think we're going to have a better record than we did last year. I, I really do. I think we're going to finish with a higher seed, and we're going to have a better uh, overall record and, and be more competitive throughout the season. Now, we won't get into it because I know it's technically kind of something you can't talk about, but that all hinges on us as well, signing Jermichael Green. I think if we re-sign Jermichael Green, we're automatically we're, – we're a better team than we were last year. We won't go into that. But on the fact of us improving in the offseason, I do think we have done that. We added two second-round picks that we didn't have before the draft started. Didn't necessarily agree with the – I mean, we know we don't agree with the Ivan Rab draft uh, pick as much. But you did get Dylan Brooks out of You got some players that you didn't weren't going to have otherwise, cheap deals. See what happens with that. You got length on the perimeter. We re-signed Selden. You got uh, Ben McLemore, who could break out. You never know. Uh, high upside for him. And you got uh, Tyreek Evans, who kind of filled a really glaring need for I him. I think Tyreek so, could be one of the steals yeah. of the offseason. Yeah, I mean, $3 million is... No one gets you don't. Those are that's the minimum that anybody's getting these days. Like you get a player right. that can legitimately fill a hole for you, and you're only paying him that much. is It's great to, for him. He's not 35 either. <laughs> that's the thing. Like normally you're having to pay that much for like a guy that's in his end of his career for three million. But yeah, so I, think I it was mean, a good off he, season, I, I really, I truly think that it was a good off season. We didn't have a lot of cap flexibility, so. You know, it's easy to be like, ah, oh, we didn't make any big splashes. Well, we couldn't. You know, we couldn't. Uh, we knew that certain things were going to come to an end. You know, certain players wouldn't live on forever. Um, and like you said, I think we, I think we did fine. I think we made some good signings. I think Brooks is going to be a good draft pick. And uh, we just we don't know about Rap. I mean, who knows? Rap could have had a great summer league. Unfortunately, he had the, you know, the high ankle sprain from pre-draft workouts. But um, I'm I'm super super optimistic, and I believe Chandler when he says he feels like he used to. And I'm just going to be as optimistic as possible. And I think we're going to come out and we're going to have a great start to the season. And I, and also, too, I think people forget, you know, Chandler Parsons is a 6'10", small forward that can drain. Very, very top end of the league in three-point shooting when he's healthy. And can play, can play and guard a little bit in the low post. And he can create. Think, like, in theory – People were praising the signing last year, even though he had the injury concerns. If he doesn't have the injury concerns, like we probably don't, first of all, we probably don't sign him. He probably doesn't, you know, some other team jumps in and grabs him because he's more valuable. But I think people are under people are forgetting the player that he was. Now, no, you can't just completely throw away the injuries, but I just think people should be a little bit less, especially local people, should be a little bit less, you know, quick to pull the trigger on him. And, and, and throw him and throw his jersey and burn his jersey type deal. Uh, let's see. I mean, of course, it's up to Chandler. You come out and perform, people forget about it within a week and a half. So <laughs> you, you have a good first four or five games of the season. I mean, it's it's all rainbow and sunshine. Well, so. people in Memphis hated Mario Chalmers, and it took one night. Yeah. <laughs> it literally and took one night. They were in love with him. Yeah. It took one night in the Memphis Sound jerseys, and it's it was oh, a match made in heaven, but – but yeah, so that's that's a little bit about the. I mean, there's not much else that we can. We will try to. I mean, once there, once Jermichael is there's a decision on Jermichael, once we kind of see, I still think there's a possibility that you know we unload Brandon Wright. I don't. I really don't think Brandon Wright plays for us this year. Deontay hasn't really impressed me that much in summer league. He's kind of looked a little passive. I don't know if that's just the players he's playing with or what. But I don't think that. I think we try to give him more minutes next year. I think that's your best bet. So I think we're going to try to unload Brandon. 
I'm inter- there could there could be some play there. I mean, maybe we could get a pick or something for him. I think there's a lot of value that. in Brandon. Yeah, I think so too. It's just the thing is, it's like the center market, the big man market is just so saturated with players, and nobody wants to pay him. I know five million. Well, I mean, he's got yeah. Like, I mean, he's on like cheap. five or six million. Yeah. So hopefully we can get a deal. Maybe we have to wait. Maybe we have to hold on to him and wait till farther into the season. And you're gonna have. You're not gonna get equal return. You're gonna have to get something that you believe you, that you as a Memphis Grizzlies as a Memphis Grizzly front office member value greater than the other team. So you're going to have to kind of bet on yourself and your own evaluation to get something for right because that you're just not going to you're not going to garner something. You know, he's been traded a couple times for a pretty good decent deal. I think he was traded for Isaiah Thomas. I think the Boston Celtics traded him for Isaiah Thomas. Uh, Interesting. To, to Phoenix, yeah. Cuz he got traded like 3 times that year. Bang bang yeah, bang, so we'll, yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh that's kind of it for, for today. Uh, we'll, we'll try to come back later this week or next week. Uh, maybe. Oh, maybe one we'll... other thing to quickly mention um, that happened on the NBA landscape today. So I was talking about Adam Silver's press conference. They did announce, um, if you didn't see, they're cutting down the total timeouts from 18 to 14. Oh, yeah. So you still have seven timeouts, which is really good for speed of play. Um, and they're also going to be, I believe they're going to be dropping the under nine timeouts in the second and the fourth quarter. They don't have them in the first and the third. It's just the six and the three. Um, but that will be that will be good for for everyone's sake, I believe, to to uh, quicken the games a little bit. Yeah, no. I, so did you did you mention uh, they're decreasing the time too of the timeout? Did you hear that? Uh, oh, well, I didn't hear that. I didn't. Ju- I didn't mention it just then. Yeah. yeah no, I couldn't. I spaced out for a second. No, that was something that I didn't hear either. It was weird. Uh, Mike told me that there there's no more full in twenty second. They're all going to be seventy five seconds. I believe it was also three team timeouts in the last two minutes. It's now only two. Yeah. yeah. So These are great changes. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's going to be good good for the league. Uh, they also are toying around with the idea of any marquee games like TNT-type games, ESPN Sunday night-type games. They're The team that plays in those games is going to have an off day before that. They're going to try to factor that in. I'm sure that makes the schedule way more complex. But they're trying to keep well, teams. Well, they are starting the schedule like a week earlier this year. I know. That could – I mean, that's going to be you – know, yeah, a week or two earlier. That's going to be more time off for sure, That's just, which is good. Yeah, it's great. Hey, maybe the next podcast, uh, Carmelo Anthony has a new home. Uh, they crazy. said that trade was on the two-yard line, so. Hey, somebody said bring in Eli Manning. Close, it, close the deal. You don't want to bring in the Seahawks offense. <laughs> don't want to bring – I mean, if you if you want, I mean, Eli Manning is going to throw four fades. So, I mean, if you have OBJ, maybe, but but yeah. Well, at this point, it, at this point, it's good. Like it's going to take a fade, a fade to get a like a three or four teamer anyway. But uh, I think I think it'll, it'll be just as interesting to me uh, what teams get in on that just to move some pieces. Yeah, it, it, there will be some team that comes out of nowhere in that trade that gets like a a steal probably. Right. Like for some reason the. The Knicks trade one of their best play. They the Knicks trade like their you know Nicolina for something, and it's like whoa, you just gave up on him and some. Team Wait, how serious him. is his injury? Do we know? I know we're kind of rambling like on ankle, at the end, but an ankle or a knee? I thought, I thought it was a knee. Maybe he was an ankle. One of them was a knee, and one of them was an ankle between him and Fultz. I think it was but. Just, he was cursed, I think, when he got there. Oh um, man, I hope not. He seems exciting. I want. I, re- I just want to know how good he is because Dennis Smith looks awesome. So. Well, he won't be as good. That we know that's already doomed. He's not <laughs> going to be as good as him. <laughs> because <laughs> Nick. Nice yeah, 
because Knicks. But but yeah, we'll see what happens uh, for the for next podcast or whatever. We'll have some. I'm sure there'll be some more breaking news. But um, if you're if you're good, I'm gonna go ahead and close it out. I think we're all good here. So yeah, man. All right. So no easy buckets. No easy buckets. Peace.